when you listen to the show, if we are wrong or we don't know what we're talking about, that is perfectly fine. And you can correct us anywhere you want on Twitter, on Instagram, or on Facebook. You can find us at Not A Historian Podcast or at Not Historians. That's fine because we just jump on the internet, go to the library, talk to people, watch some interviews, and do the basic research we can just to show that two average Joes can do it. Exactly. We're not historians. So first of all, let me assert my firm belief that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Well, maybe he walked around with jelly beans. That's what it is. Maybe he walked around with jelly I think beans so. I think he, and he was at the crime scene and stuff and be like, nah, see, nah, I got these jelly beans, see, nah. We're just two dudes that came up with an idea and we said we should know more about the everyday world around us, like why are beer bottles the shape they are. In 1930, the Republican-controlled House of Representatives, in an effort to alleviate the effects of the, anyone, anyone, the Great Depression. Get ready to take notes, boys and girls. It's another edition of the Not Historians Podcast, with your hosts, Desmond Dunn and Shalom Agulada. do 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 did you know that when it snows, my eyes become large and the light that you shine can be seen? Baby. Oh, man. And we're back. It's your host, you too, Desmond from Rose and Shalom. Uh, Desmond's actually, you know, in his own world at the moment. Uh, yeah, I don't know why we went off there. Uh, we should do that. That's our new karaoke song. Uh, you know, you know what? I don't know if we have no. I don't know if we actually have a listener, local listeners. Do you know if we have local listeners? I, I think we do. Not many, but we do have local. Right outside of our friends. I mean, like, then, uh, then no. Okay, no. I'm wondering because I'm like we should host a karaoke night. Uh, you know, I like that idea. The great songs of karaoke history. Like we could do a history of karaoke that's yeah. literally karaoke and history. You know what? So I think that's we a good make idea. people because we have a venue. Yeah, we do have a venue where we can make. The songs be whatever we want, and we have people sing them. Man, that would be, that would be cool. That would be kind of neat. We could we could actually maybe do a Twitter poll or a Twitter kind of yeah, response to see maybe who wants us to sing what songs. I mean, uh, it cool. could be we get a list going from Twitter. Yeah. But you know what? I feel like that's something special. I have to put in extra work, like pants. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like extra work, like pants. So if we do this, yeah. Maybe it's something we should put out to the patrons. Uh, it's definitely something we should put out to the, the patrons. The patrons first. Mm-hmm. Then maybe the regular folk. I feel like that would probably be one of the most uh, entertaining ways to yeah. um, encourage people to um, become patrons. Right. Because today we were listening to the blooper reel. We, we were. Yes. We have a blooper reel. Uh, now, the patrons know this because we made a post about it. You guys don't know this. So, there's outtakes from every show. Even after the stuff that goes at the end of some shows. Right. Those shows that oh, are funny man. tend to be really funny and the shows that aren't. Tend to have nothing. So if there's no, nothing after the blooper reel, I mean, if there's no reel after the show, yeah. there's no bloopers pretty much for that whole show. We made it through somehow without getting sidetracked. So, I mean, it, it, I think it, some of the episodes lend themselves to that. But uh, more to the point, so something a little embarrassing about myself, I ha- I carry along in my phone a list of songs that I karaoke. I mean, it's just it's well, just a it's, random it's list. Not, it's, not, it's not that weird because we, we have a set... That we do. We we do have a set that we do. So we, it's our go-to list. But we, but we can't give that away. I feel no, like no. that's definitely gonna maybe yeah. See, it's a legit list. It's a good list. Well, thank you. I see like four songs on there that I'm like I would do any of those. Yeah. yeah. So if it was me, I would think that maybe we should do all the songs, but we should keep 
our one special song. Our you and me song. Agreed. For the Patriots. Agreed. And then maybe one day, like in a year when we've had our final uh, episode of the season. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not a year now. I guess we're we're halfway in. We are halfway in. Shoot. Well, we'll go ahead and release it to the public then. But we'll, we'll do that. I'm sure there's already recorded performances. Uh, I'm sure there are several recorded performances. <laughs> yeah, it, it happens. I mean, yeah, we're just good yeah. at it. I can't I can't help it. And we have a lot of fun with it. We do. People do. Everyone gets into it. It's never yeah. a song that leaves the, the, the plate. Anyway, we spent a lot of time on this. But the point was, Patron Indeed. is going to have a lot more cool things coming. Uh, don't know what will be next. But we have, we have a special patron. Oh, we do indeed. Who helps make the show run with Absolutely. money. His support has been phenomenal. Yeah. Ray Walden Jr. Jr. Yes, absolutely. Ray, we appreciate you. And shout out to you. And we have two special projects, actually, where we're home. One is an episode of the show. He's helping us research it. Mm-hmm. And he may help us host it. He, he was kind of iffy about it and was like, oh, I don't want to force my way. You're not forcing your way in. We need we need guest hosts. <laughs> well, we don't need them. We have enough, but we need one for this episode. So absolutely, you're going to be on. A, we're starting a. It's not going to be another arc, but I think it'll be another thread that probably pops up from time to time. In the, yeah. it's about sports. I'll leave it at that. That doesn't give away too much. No, but the other thing is, uh, we've had some goals in the show. Some items we wanted to buy to do extra stuff, extra materials yeah. outside of this, or that uh, I guess what would you say? Uh, Work with correlate with the with the shows, right? Yeah. So absolutely. things that we've mentioned in shows, or we've mentioned wanting to see or do. Right. Ray's making one of our dreams come true. In, uh, indeed. So he's making one of your dreams come true. That's even better because you get to see us. Do, yes. Do something history related. Right. That we didn't think we were going to be able to do for quite a while. Right. We're, we're um, going to do a thing. We're, we're definitely going to do a thing. It's a special thing that you don't know about. So it makes no sense. You're listening to this going, what the hell are they talking about? Exactly. Try and figure it out. Go listen to every single show we have and yes. try to figure it out. Starting also, tell your origins. friends to help you out. Tell your uh, friends to help you. It's a scavenger yeah, on that. They all have to listen to the show and figure out what it is. I mean, I think that's that's a good idea. And yeah. if somebody can figure out what it is, we'll, we'll, we'll give them a special shout out. That's right. Desmond will take his shirt off on. No, I'm just kidding. No. I mean, please don't take your shirt I'm not. off. I'm um, not. It was an attempted humor. Take your shirt off for radio fans. but <laughs> Yeah, but then you realize that this, this special thing might include video. Actual video. And I was like, so no one no. would want that. I'm oh. a very hairy man. Oh. Uh, anyway. Uh, another known, unknown story, little known fact about Desmond. He actually um, he actually donated hair to Locks of Love a few years ago. Uh, it was actually his chest hair. It was. It was 10 and a half pounds, they said. <laughs> well, I don't think it was quite 12 inches, but no. <laughs> it was close. Mm-hmm. So, we're continuing today. Uh, you can guess from our... Rambling ways, uh, are well, I know our mini art. Oh, right, right, with the uh, console wars type situation, right? Yeah, just the history of video gaming in America, pretty much, because yeah. we don't know it from other countries because we don't, we don't live there. Yeah, gotcha. Uh, Atari is today's, uh, in a lot of ways, Atari is almost the granddaddy of them all. That's what I want to say. It's like the father of them all, or at least the stepfather of them all. I, I mean, yeah, I think, I think it's accurate. Because they don't invent everything, but they do some things pretty well, and they do they some do other. Yeah, they do a lot pretty horribly. Yeah, I mean, uh-huh. right, exactly. But, but let's go ahead and just run down Atari now. Okay, there's an Atari, and it is one of the greats. I mean, we can't deny that. The, it, even though it maybe had that one good season, it's still yeah, a great. It. Well, yeah. right, but Pong, Pong was awesome. Okay, yeah. Pong is. 
I don't know if you've ever played Pong. I know you you look at it and you think, yeah. oh, that's an old-ass game. I mean, and it is. If you're under 30, you're probably like, I will never play Pong in my life. Right. And I'm, you probably won't. And I'm going to tell you right now, you should. Hmm. Because the, the the amount of difficulty and skill yeah. in a game that simple, pretty much for me, is what I want in all video games. Of course, I want different graphics and I don't want just lines. <clears throat> And I want a different story and stuff, but yeah. the fact that it would increase with difficulty, the better you got at it, just naturally, mm-hmm. is all right. The fact that it has built-in, like, screw yous. So, so was this the very first iteration of AI in video gaming? Uh, I don't know, because you still had to have two players most of the time. In the oh, original. okay. Yeah. Uh, so I don't think there's that. I mean, there's just, it, it has increased difficulty. I mean, a lot of Atari is interesting, too, because in for those that don't know, the difference between like arcade boards and like regular boards back then, and even till cartridges, was that the whole circuit was what you had. You didn't yeah. have a circuit on chip, like you didn't have a system on chip, like today. But you didn't have a game like a ROM. Mm. You didn't have the ROM memory, which is memory, memory. I know, but people well, don't right. know that. But you couldn't put in a cartridge and have the system read it. The system was hardwired, right? Okay, to play a certain set games, and they were part of that board. Yeah, and I remember that. Um, I remember that. And just talking Atari, the first version of the Atari that I had, I can't remember the model number. Which they're I, all this. I'm, I'm just going to put this out there. I know people are going to get very mad. Yes, there are differences. No matter what it is, you had a 2600 or a fancy 2600. All right. Uh, well, so going back to that, my, uh, my the model that I had. Was one that the UHF things went on the back of the TV, the little mm-hmm. forts, and you it came with two controllers, right? But they again were hardwired to the now. System. Did you have the standard Atari joystick or did you have the turn? No, I had the joystick, okay? The joystick is what we had because I don't, I don't know really well Atari stuff. Like, yeah. I think we picked one up in the early 90s just to have around mm-hmm. the house, but I had Coleco, yeah. We had our Atari before, um, before we had the Nintendo, even. So, which was kind of neat because we'd go, we'd take it over to friends' houses and whatnot. Because my yes. mom, my mom, my dad worked a lot, and my mom was real social, and she wanted to have us have things. My mom worked as well, but my dad worked later in the nights, and so we would be with my mom a lot of the time. So she would take us to visit friends and and you know socialize with with other people. And this was our opportunity to take this game system, and hey, this would keep us entertained with their kids for a while while the adults socialized. I don't see. I don't have that with Atari because I have Cat and Mouse on ColecoVision, mm. which was played with the scroller. You know, okay. what I'm talking about the knob one. Yeah, and it had the button pad. So you would play Cat and Mouse, and it was pretty much like a maze. It was like Pac-Man mm. of a sorts, where there was a cat that would try to catch you, and you were a mouse trying to get to the cheese. Yeah. So you had to work your way through the maze and not run into the cat, but also you. So you'd have to go like through the maze, back up through the maze, go to wrong ends, so oh, that wow. the cat would go around you, uh-huh. and then. Get the cheese and end the level or get like two pieces of cheese or uh, like avoid a snake. Like there was different stuff. And I may be remembering something wrong, but that was the gist of it. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I'm I'm really familiar with some of Atari history, not all of Atari history, Mm. uh, because I'm a big fan of Nolan Bushnell. Okay. Nolan Bushnell, the dude uh, pretty much made arcade cabinets Mm -hmm. a thing. The dude uh, founded Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah. Made arcades a thing. Wow. So, uh, I, I grew up in the age of arcade play. Mm-hmm. Now, not the golden age, but like when I was a kid, yeah, you, you still went to, you, st- you would still go, well, I mean, we have Buffalo Nickel, yeah. uh, which since people don't know, was an arcade here in town, was. in the shopping center. 
that was on, on the second story, and you would go up there and you would pay five dollars, mm-hmm. and you get a roll of nickels, and all the games were a nickel. Right. We also had uh, Copperfields, yeah, and uh, Mr. Gaddy's, which was about the same type of situation. And Chuck E. Cheese, and Chuck E. Cheese, and yeah. uh, what was the one in the mall? Um, tilt, tilt, yeah, I miss tilt because we used to when our tilt closed. We actually used to drive. Remember, to Lubbock, yeah. Even in two thousand four, like this is what I'm saying. Like I was an arcade kid. Like, yeah, we drove two hours to go play arcade games. Right, I do recall that. And uh, DDR was our game back yeah, then. Yeah, DDR was a good game, but I mean, mm-hmm. I played, I played so much Time Crisis. I probably could have oh, bought yeah. a goddamn kind Time Crisis machine. Yeah, by I'm now. surprised you don't have one. Well, game. I'm saying I, I should because like I. Probably spent that in the Tech and Tag machine. I always say I'm going to buy either one of those because yeah. uh, bowling alleys are another good place to find arcades. And right. I've spent, I don't know how many hours, but I'm familiar with Atari pretty much from their arcade stance, uh-huh. not the home console stance. Now I've played all the games, mm-hmm. but never on like the real Atari system. Yeah, so it's a weird deal. Well, I really liked Nolan Bushnell because like when I was talking about Pong, he had a saying yeah. which was easy to learn, hard to master. And I feel like that's the way most games should be. Mm-hmm. Not every game. But if I had a critique of the modern industry, it yeah. would be to take that advice. Easy to learn, hard to hard to master. Yeah. Mm. I don't need an intro in every single shooter. I play Call of Duty a million times. I know other people have it, but I shouldn't be forced to play it. Right. But mastering it is still something I can do. Yeah, I'm terrible at first-person shooters. So, Atari is this big thing, right? Like, uh-huh. Uh, we just talked about it. Like they made arcade cabinets, they made arcades, they did it. And they made home consoles. So I think we can pause it for a minute yeah, and say yeah. that it's really interesting that a lot of other developers or other companies at this time in, involved in the gaming world also got their start or also had a hand in arcade building, arcade cabinets. Well, of course, all of them did. But yeah. Atari made pong a cabinet. Like this is one of the first cabinets. In mm. fact. uh We'll get to it. There's a story about it. They they actually built some of the like the first arcade cabinets. Oh, really? So I didn't know that. So that's why I'm saying our our Atari is so fundamental to this whole thing. Atari, not Sega. Yeah, not Sony. Not Sony. Yeah. So my personal take on the on the fall of Atari has always been that they were so big in '83. Yeah. That for all intents and purposes. When the market crashed, Atari crashed. True. That's that's my that's my in a nutshell, I guess. Thing. And yeah, I think the poor management is also what kind of killed them. Oh, well, definitely because when they lost Nolan Bushnell, uh-huh. that kind of just they became sold, a corporate deal, entity. Right? Yeah, we'll talk about that in the show. Mm-hmm. I think I would like to get into that because that's definitely something that I believe killed it. Like I yeah. think it almost killed gaming. Right, yeah, that crash was a big deal. No, I mean the the mismanagement of Atari after it was purchased. Like to get, we'll get to it because the whole getting the console made thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Atari sold it sold to the devil to get the console made mm. because no one Bushnell knew that it was what needed to be done. Yeah, and after he left, in because it was part of that deal, like he didn't get along with the new overlords. Ah, uh, it just. It gutted Atari, that's and that's why sad. that it is. It is because they they were so heavy in the seventies. I mean, they were the fastest growing company in America at one point. Yeah, they made up. They were, I mean, like even when they were parts of conglomerates, they were like a third of. Imagine Disney having Star Wars being a third of its, of its overall overall, overall wow. income, yeah. and that's that's where they would get to. 
So that's pretty big. Um, the company Atari, as we know it, is actually not Atari as it was. Okay, so what do you mean by that? Well, it was Atari Inc. Mm. And then it gets sold and it becomes Atari Corp. And then Atari Co. And then it, it has a, d- a bunch of different names, holding companies, all this sort of thing. Because it gets passed around a lot after Damn. the after the crash and stuff. Hmm. But it started in 1972 yeah. uh, by Nolan Bushnell and uh, Ted Dabney. Is that is Ted Dabney related to Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man? No, no. you can probably guess that by the fact that only their names share Ted and D. <laughs> um, in normal languages. Um, and th- th- so when we say Atari, also just before we get too far out, we can mean any of these. I'll try to mm-hmm. keep straight in my head which ones which, but just think Atari. And if you Google what time period it was or whatever, you'll pretty much know who was in charge because a lot of people end up being in charge. See, that's that's crazy. Um, is the history? I mean, is is their entire history like that where they are continued to be? Oh, they continue to be owned by different people or rather run by different I think people. Hasbro owns them still now. Okay. So it's still a company. Yeah. Okay, it, I mean, you can buy Atari things. You can buy mm-hmm. all those. Um, can you buy Atari the company? Just prob- probably. Uh, I think the last time it sold, it was only like $50 million, which I mean, corporate terms isn't Not a lot of money massive. at all. Yeah. No. Um, so there was this game called Computer Space mm-hmm. and Nolan Bushnell and Ted Dabney Designed it, developed it, engineered it, because back then, we're talking the Steve Wozniak days. This is what you did. Okay. You sat down, you designed a thing, you built the thing, you engineered the thing, you sold the thing. Like, all right. of that had to happen. So, in a lot of ways, there's a good parallel to Apple. Sure. Uh, you know the story of Apple. So, yeah. you've got Nolan Bushnell, who is Steve Jobs. He is technically inclined, but he's more of a salesman. He's more of a market engineer. Okay. And then you have Ted Dabney, who is more of the Steve Wozniak. Steve Wozniak. Yeah. Yeah. So he's building the stuff, engineering the stuff, coming up with these ideas, making these breakthroughs. Hmm. Uh, and they had this, they had this company that did it. Uh, it was an engineering company, and they would. Uh, what is the name of the stupid? Uh, Scissorgy, is that right? Uh, anyway, I guess I. It sounds so like they, a ridiculous they, name for a company. They, I can't remember it. Uh, but they did this, and that was the basis for Atari. In fact, that was a year before Atari came out, and they were supposed to do some other games, and they decided they, they would go their own way. Wow. You can go your own way. Wow. Sorry. Not going to add that to the list. No, that's from Top Gun, though. Um, so they had another dude that they brought in, a young dude, uh, which at the time they were all pretty young. I mean, this is all happening now with the, uh, Al Alcorn. Okay. Who's the guy that actually made Pong. Oh, okay. So I didn't know that. Yeah. He jumped into the world of Atari and was like, oh, yeah, uh, I'm a programmer. I can make things. Now, he's a computer scientist by trade. Uh, he had just graduated, I think, in fact. Mm-hmm. And Nolan Bushnell wanted him to build a driving simulator. And instead, he was like, well, you know what? This kid's probably pretty rough. He doesn't really work in computer games. Give him something simple. Told him to make a game. Came back. Uh-huh. Pong. Nice. So, that that's it. That was literally like this kid's audition to be a part of the super group. Was Pong. He's was like, Pong. I made Pong. I mean, that's that's an impressive resume right there. Now, there have been other uh, tennis games. Yeah. In fact, they, they they got sued later on by, I think, Magnavox. Because Magnavox Odyssey had a game that was like this. And Nolan had played it. And they found, like, these logs that he'd been to the place oh, to play it. And yeah. he'd been at the convention that it was. 
And he said, yeah, but there were other tennis games too, and I didn't just rip off you. And so, I didn't just rip off you. I mean, pretty much that was what he did. Yeah. Uh, so, hey, here's a question. I, 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 just some a point of order for the listeners. I um, I was interested in that name for the engineering company. I thought it was a ridiculous name for a company. Yeah. Uh, it's Sizergy. Sizergy. And, and I think that's pretty cool because the definition – and this is just my interpretation. Now, it's a it's an astronomical term, right? Right. Okay. Like in yeah. conjunction or opposition, uh, especially the moon of the sun. Yeah, it's yeah. three It's three celestial bodies. I actually know what it is in that I didn't know that it was the same. They spell it the same way, but it's one of the... Yeah, it's, right. it's you didn't one know of the, sure. It's three bodies in celestial alignment. Uh-huh. Yeah. Fucking theology. That's, that's not theology. <laughs> that's astronomy. Astro- no, well, I mean... But, uh, well, for you flat earthers, the creationists, I know, like, shalom here, I know it is. Oh, <laughs> theology. Theology. Oh, man. Uh, oh, that messed that one up pretty but, bad. It's good. It's okay. So, he made Pong. This, this kid comes in and makes Pong. You yeah. know, on Bushnell. Uh, so, so, I want to recap my, my prior statement about this being, like, being a stupid name for a company. I think that's, that's spot on and awesome Right, because there's three company. of them. Yeah. That's even better. And that wasn't, I don't think they made that choice. They, he's, uh, Nolan Bushnell was a little bit of a hippie. Oh, okay. So, he's kind of into gotcha. that uh, idea stuff. Not yeah. saying he's a super hit, but he's had other companies with kind of this weird names like Chuck E. Cheese. Fair enough. What a, <laughs> but, what a, what a theme is there's a giant rat. <laughs> dude, I, I, we okay. Oh, We're gonna side the story here for a second. Sorry, a kids. Bit. It's just the two of us today, so we don't have a guest to throw. We had your daughter's uh, birthday at Chuck E. Cheese. Oh, I remember when I broke that. the soccer machine. <laughs> and I want to point out that, that those damn animatronic animals, yeah, are the creepiest. I mean, goddamn thing. Like what? They're so dead eyed, and they just stare at you, and yeah. they're just strumming, and they're not playing. You know it. And I'm like, this, this has got to be a satanic ritual. <laughs> like, I honestly, at this point, knowing what I know about Nolan Bushnell and his believing in the energy, I'm like, Chuck E. Cheese is trying to summon the devil. Like, there's something. If you play the song backwards, <laughs> right? You get the actual stairway yeah, to heaven. They're, they're, they're making the moves. Do do do! It's like moving around. I'm like no, oh. no, Chucky, and then he just looks at you with the dead eyes. Yeah, I know, right? It's like you feel like he's actually looking at you. Still. In our animatronics, oh, I don't man. think they pay good money to keep them up. No, so they are very snappy, oh. like the hydraulics in them. So like when he's just looking down, and then all of a sudden he just <laughs> look at you, <laughs> stare at you, and then the hand just hard drum. I mean, seriously, if and that damn been, bear on the oh the. I don't know, I don't know. It looks like Grimace. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the dog oh, that plays man. the keyboard. The oh, kid. But what's worse is the lyrics man. of the song. Go go look at the lyrics of the song one day, oh. kids. It's very creepy to hear them talk about it. Oh, it man. seems very uh, inappropriate. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to get accused by Chuck E. Cheese or anything here. Yeah, but if you leave, like, well, why you wouldn't do this, I don't know. But if you let kids, like, do a lock in there and the lights went out. And Five nine different. Yeah, right. <laughs> and for some reason, the machine still worked. Oh man! Oh, that's, that's a, our next short film. <laughs> we're, not, we're, not, we're gonna rent Chuck E. Cheese no, for a weekend. Not doing that. Um. Anyway, we're with Punk. So, yeah, we're Punk. Punk. Yeah, Punk is the first mega hit, probably because it's really the first real game that you uh, want to play. Right. Uh, and it's the first hit. I say for like computer based video mm-hmm. gaming. Uh, and that's Atari's bread and butter for so long because it's just this massive hit. Nothing's competing with it. Right. Everything's knocking it off. Mm-hmm. So it becomes this massive, massive hit. So they pretty much just go, yeah, uh, we made Pong. I mean, I get it. Though. And then they slow motion, freeze frame, high five or whatever. Yeah. They coasted on Pong, just making new updated versions of Pong, mm-hmm. making more cabinets of Pong, making a home version of Pong. Yeah. 
Four years. That's all they did was just Pong is that good. Uh-huh. And it really is. Like, that wouldn't not, happen uh, today. No, it couldn't happen yeah. today it, when you think about it. But look at the Nintendo Switch. Remember when the Wii came out? Think about the... Yeah. Like, you can pretty much ride uh, a single thing. Maybe not a single game not now. Not a but game, but a thing. Yeah, sure. Uh, Pong, Pong Home. Home Pong was what it's called. Mm-hmm. It was a single board. Go home, play Pong. Okay. Uh, hotcakes. So like hotcakes. I don't know how well hotcakes sell. We should look at the trend of hotcake sales over the last uh, four decades and right. check and see if that's corroborates. I don't know. But uh, sell like hotcakes. <laughs> sell like hotcakes. Find out hotcake market has been tanking for the last 25 years. <laughs> I hops barely afloat. Like, it uh, would be very bad. Well, they have yeah. a lot of competition because I've never been to an IHOP that didn't have a Waffle House in the parking lot. That's true. That's true. It's a real story. I've never been there. So, Nintendo and Coleco both released their games. Uh, well, their systems. I'm sorry. Yeah. In the 70s. In the early 70s. People forget that, but that that's what they did. Well, that's pretty early. Because, well, they had the 6-in-1, the, the color oh, TV okay. game. okay. Right? Nintendo did it, which, let's be honest, was a knockoff of Pong. Sure. So, that's what they did. Uh, they, they had Home Pong. They had Pong this, Pong that. Everyone was crazy about Pong. Everybody was Pong. Pong fever. Everybody had Pong fever? Pong fever. Everybody was fighting? Yes. They did all of that. And then they, they made another game, which is actually, I think, a great game to this day, too. Oh, yeah, what game is that? Breakout. So I don't recall Breakout. Breakout is the one, it's single player Pong, pretty much. It's the one where you have all the bricks on top. Oh, and you have the yeah. Power, okay, yeah. And the ball goes back before you, you have to break out. I think that was better than Pong because you can play it by yourself. Well, that was the whole idea. Yeah. Was it supposed to be a single player Pong? Mm-hmm. They, they were like, make single player Pong. Yeah. And the, the three got together and they were like, what if it was just a bunch of paddles? So I assume at that point they would just tie shit. I'm not saying they were, but I assume. Allegedly. No, I just assume. I assumed they were. Well. Uh, now, if you haven't played. It was the time. If you haven't played Breakout, go get it. It's on your phone. It's on your TV probably. You know, I, yeah. It, it used to be a hidden feature in like YouTube. Like it's, really? Yeah. So, you can do it. Like, if you held down the space bar and tap back while you're popping a video, like, it would, I don't remember the actual combination. Like, there was a Konami code for it. <laughs> and you did it. Um, That's pretty cool. So, in 77, they got tired of making just the single game boards. And okay. they came out with the what was called the VCS, which is like okay. a cross between a VCR and the NES in my head. So, I'm probably going to mispronounce that a lot. <laughs> but it's the, it's the video computer system. Yeah. Okay. Or 2600. It wasn't named 2600 until later on when other things came out and they were like 2600. Yeah. I just don't like that naming convention that they had. You know, but I, I don't like it when you name things by with just numbers. I, I really don't. I hate that. Well, just my personal opinion. My, yeah, I hate it. And I don't, I hate it because it takes away from the actual system itself or whatever the, the, the thing is. You're saying, oh, this is the 2600. Oh, this is the 32,000. You know, is it that this is that many iterations until we well, reach this it, model or what? It's Well, I know the story of what 2600 is actually. 2600 is an internal Atari inventory tech. Mm. But I don't like numbered gaming. And here's why. You make an Xbox 360, right? Okay. So you make the PlayStation 720. Like, you just, somebody can one-up you anytime you do it. Mm -hmm. You make the PlayStation 4, you release your first console and call it the AG-1000. Like, you just top it. Right. It doesn't matter. 
So I, so I see where you're going with that. And That's just, I just don't like numbers in gaming. I think like the big thing is like you should have the PlayStation. Yeah. But whatever. I think Mac actually does a really good job on this mm. on the OS X because you have OS X. Yeah. But OS X is actually the tenth OS in the in the old Mac operating system line. Mm-hmm. They use an X, and now we're on like version twenty of o, of, of ten. Yeah. yeah. So they've always been like cats or mountains. Okay. Or narwhals or whatever, kind of like a Kit Kat and oh, with Orange, Android, yeah. yeah. So I like the. Um, so I think that's the way you should do things, but that's just like, I, I'm okay with that. Like they have like Sierra El Capitan. So I do, yeah, I do recall that, but I I like. Let me clarify what I mean. I, I don't like the whole naming the twenty six hundred. Uh, I don't like. I also don't like when Xbox and they go from the PS the what well, not PS excuse me the Xbox. To the Xbox 360, to the Xbox One. That's I weird. Mean, I think that's just I, I can't follow that. I mean, I guess I can, but I don't like because it. you know. But right. looking at it in line, you'd be like, "What the hell is going on?" Right. So, but I, I like I like that PlayStation is the PlayStation, the PlayStation Two, the PlayStation. 3, yeah, I mean, it, it works pretty well, but I think it's still kind of basic. I, I miss when it, name. I miss when I miss when systems had names like Genesis. That's what I'm saying. Like yeah. when I told you about okay, Genesis, Dreamcast, mm-hmm. Saturn. Like, Sega did that right. Sorry. That's just the Jaguar, point. even Atari, which we'll get to. <clears throat> but they they released the the VCS. Okay. And it was the second wide release of a console that had a, a CPU and ROM cards. Oh. So, this is really interesting because before this, uh, they were all single board. Yeah. You couldn't do it. Now, a lot of this has to do with the chip that came from, uh, oh, what is what is the name of the company? There's a, there's a special chip at the time, and I'm failing. Was it Hitachi that made it? No, 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 no. Uh, it's a semiconductor. It's MOS uh, oxide. What is it? Metal oxide semiconductor. Something like mm-hmm. that. Um, MOS, if you look it up, I'm sure that's how it's going to be referred to in the Wikipedia, because I think when I was Googling it, I saw that. But there was some wrong stuff in the Wikipedia that I'm, I'm pretty sure I know. I'm not saying I'm right, but I, that's yeah. why we're not going to get into it, because I was like, I might be wrong. Mm-hmm. But I'm... Remembering something different. Anyway, uh, there was also another one because it was the second. Was the Channel F, which was oh, Fairchild's okay. mm-hmm. uh, Fairchild semiconductor. They they were the first one to come out with one, and it was a yeah. hit. It was a hit. Uh, the twenty six hundred was a hit, no doubt. Um, the twenty six hundred was going to be a hit because you could play multiple fucking games, right? Which which was new for that. Time. Right. This yeah. is this is just as much like the Wii or the Switch or anything like this. You're not having to buy like four systems with like. 12 built-in games. Right. Which, funny enough, is the only way you can really buy an Atari now. <laughs> is to go... No, I'm saying, like, if you go to, like, Walmart or whatever, they always have those... Yeah. Like, 40-in-1 gaming in it. Mm-hmm. Like, this is the... I, I, I don't own one, surprisingly. I'm surprised, yeah. But here's why. Because yeah. it's a bastardization of Atari. Atari worked so hard to overcome and get away from that. Their yeah. whole revolutionary idea was to make gaming an arcade thing, and then to make it a home thing and to get away from that. And now that's the only way you can play them. It just seems so wrong to me to play Atari on a single board. Like, I, I can't I can't do that. Um, so, it, it, it was a weird... It was a weird confluence of events in 77. There was actually a video game crash. And the crash was precipitated by the fact that all you had were these single board games. So, you had to flood the market yeah. with 20 different systems but imagine this: if every time you wanted to play a different game, you had to buy a different system. Right. Yeah, that that would 
uh, dramatically kill the market. So people kind of people got tired. Yeah. Right. Because, well, you don't know which one's good, which one's bad. This right. looks like it has a good game, but that one has a good game, but this one has 12 games. And this one's American, but that one's that one. And I like yeah. the controller on them. That's what they did. Yeah. And it, it, it was such a weird, I mean, weird yeah. confluence of events that comes to make the 2600 just a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. And it, it for what it is at the time, it's just amazing. Uh, but in order to make that a reality, Bushnell, Nolan, who was still with the company, had to do the deal with the devil that I was talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, to make the 2600 to finance it, they needed more money than they had on hand. Gotcha. They sold the company oh, man. to Warner Communications. And uh, Time Warner now, but Warner Communications. And that's when things start to fall apart for Atari, in my opinion. Um, yeah. We'll see. Uh, now, anyone that's familiar with gaming, listening to this, is probably realizing 77 is a bad year, too, because there was a crash in 77. That's why I mentioned all the games coming out. and co- It caused a minor crash. Okay. Um, now, Atari didn't get hit in that, and the reason they didn't get hit was because they were making the console that let you play a million games and the revolt was against that having a billion different consoles to play a billion different games. Makes so sense. Atari was pretty much the, Fine, pre- the yeah, they were the precipitate of that. They everything happened and it's like, well, well this is what we want. And they bought pitchfork and Atari's like, I got it over here. Right. And they're like, Come Oh, you're this. cool. You're cool. Yeah. We're not mad at you. We're we're not mad at you. Yeah. Uh, but it is so by the end of the year, <laughs> they sold a quarter of a million consoles. Damn. Yeah. Um, now they were supposed to sell, uh, 800,000 the next year. Man. They only sold 550,000. Oh, okay. Um, so Warner didn't just like bury Atari, but mm-hmm. they wanted to do something different because it wasn't me. Now they're in a corporate structure. Yeah. And now they're not meeting target. Right. So that kind of clashed with no one's whole philosophy of running a, a tech company, because in a lot of ways, they were the first like version of Google. They were these young guys just into computers, just figuring out. And uh, they funded fu- think tanks. They funded like developmental corporations. They did yeah. a lot of the seed granting and stuff. Him and uh, Ted Dabney, they they did a lot of that right. back in the seventies and early eighties. They were focused on making the whole community grow because they knew, like Apple does or Google does, because they knew they could take advantage of it themselves. They're already big. They're already manufacturing. If this guy can come up with a new AI, that's great. But me integrating is what's going to sell it. So yeah. you're doing work for me, and I'm not having to worry about it. I just have to invest a little bit and get rights. So they were doing these think tank things back then to help come up with these new semiconductors and to come up with new chips and to come up with new graphics and all the, all this kind of stuff. So are you saying that Warner didn't like that angle? No, Warner was a corporate though. That's what I'm saying. Like mm. they were very, they were very much open and free. Whereas Warner was very much structured. This is how we Nothing need to do things. So they bumped heads with uh, with Nolan Bushnell, and he left in '79. And if I remember, like it was late '78 when stuff started going wrong, and then like early '79, he's writing his ticket out. Man, and it it was a pretty dark time because they got to corporate. That's what yeah. you do. Um, but they were safe because they had, they had recruited these young kids again, like I was saying. They, they went out and got the best talent. They went out and, and there's a game simply called Adventure. Now, have you ever played what? Adventure? No. Okay. Adventure is 
not the very I'm gonna I'm gonna say some controversial things here, but I will explain them. And because it's in a historical context, you need sure. to understand. Uh, it's not the granddaddy of action adventure games, but it's definitely the father of modern action adventure fantasy games. Because in a lot of ways, you had older games that were evolved from like pen and paper oh, okay. or tabletop gaming that were text games hmm. and such. This is the first graphical adventure fantasy game where you're in a room, you go around, you know. And it, it yeah. blew people's minds too because the idea was that it was bigger than just the screen for once. Mm. You were, I mean, it's like final, uh, it's something we take. That's a huge concept. Now. Yeah, yeah, it's something for now that we take for granted. That's how games work. Yeah. But imagine before then you were playing games on the screen. That was the, the end of that the world. The game, yeah. Whereas now you don't know, like Zelda is probably the best parallel for us. There's always something around the corner. So you might just load that one screen, but there's always something else. Yeah. So he this adventure kind of developed that into a big deal. I don't want I want to say it was a huge deal. Yeah. But it made Atari the monster that it is. Like literally. So uh, I think it's fair to say it's a big deal. Oh, it was a very big deal, and it was also released uh, about the time Space Invaders. I don't know if you've ever heard of uh, this yeah, game. Yeah, of course, absolutely. Uh, which is. Probably one of the best shooters and probably the shooter that most shooters are take notice from. Yeah. Like they realize that's how you do a simple shooter. Everything's more a more advanced version of Space uh, Invaders. Space Invaders. That's uh now they, they these came in late seventy nine, early eighty. Okay. Um now Adventure was selling a million cartridges. Uh wow. and Space Invaders was like Pong. It sold all the cartridges. Nice. Um, seriously, uh, it did. There's no. Uh, I w- we'll get. I'll get figures here in a sec. But here's the here's the thing. You know Star Wars, right? Star Wars is huge. Yeah, big of course, thing. man. Right. Well, everyone knows Star Wars. It's big, huge, famous. Comes out around the same time, mm-hmm. making all this money. Uh, it made 175 million dollars to box up Star Wars. Of course, money. massive hit. Massive yeah. hit. That's how much. Uh, Space Invaders made 500 million. Damn. So this is what you need to wrap your mind around Atari. Like as big as Star Wars was, yeah. Space Invaders, was and we are seeing it. Just because we don't see a game that's called Space Invaders everywhere you turn, like you see Star Wars stuff, doesn't mean like there's so many games mm-hmm. that literally come from Space Invaders. Yeah. Uh, in fact, uh, I will. There's there's some cool stuff about that. I might mention if I remember it and look it up here in a second. And that's just in arcades okay. um, that I know. I don't know about the home. Um. Now, Space Invaders, people will realize, is not an Atari game. Uh, Taito. Oh, so, so I didn't know that. Taito made the game. Uh, but for Atari, it was still over 2 million cartridges. Damn. So, you're, I mean, these are numbers you would be happy with today in some cases. Yeah. For indie developers and stuff. Which also, if you'll notice, is more than the number of Ataris that we mentioned earlier. Because we have yeah. about, what, three quarters of a million? So, people were buying Ataris. Ataris like, they're buying Switch. You know, people yeah. buy Switch. Chris came on the show, talked about how people bought more copies of um, Breath of the Wild than there were Switches there were because switches. they wanted to play it. People are buying Space Invaders because they're going to get an Atari so they yeah. can play it. Um, so, that makes sense then. Okay. Yeah. And, in fact, they ended up sending uh, selling 10 million. Nice. By 82. And that's when uh, Pac-Man hit. What's Pac-Man? No, no never heard of Pac-Man. Never heard of Pac-Man. Little game. Little game. Uh, uh, it hit the 2600, though. Pac-Man yeah. did. 
It's actually a very horrible game. Is it? Yeah. On the 2600. Okay. Not, not Pac-Man General. No one gotcha. did defend it. Uh, yeah. But Pac-Man sold 7 million cartridges. That's a lot of cartridges. <laughs> That's a little cartridges. Oh, man. Uh, and the second best-selling one of that, of that era, Pitfall. I love Pitfall. Everyone loves Pitfall. Dude, the, okay, so it was it was revolutionary. Pitfall was, in my yeah. opinion, because you, you put Pitfall on and you get that that stupid music. That, and then you just take the little button or you, you go across the screen. You can jump over the little uh, the little quicksand, the grab pit. the rope. Yeah, yeah, the pit. <laughs> grab the rope, escape the alligator, yeah. jump over the alligator, run some more. I mean, Pitfall was awesome. I, I'm a big Indiana Jones fan. Yeah. That's one of the reasons why I love doing the show. Mm-hmm. But also, Pitfall. It's Indiana Jones. We all know it's Indiana yeah, Jones. Yeah, it's a true story. And I, uh, I, I love that game. Sold four and a half million cartridges. Nice. Yeah. So, Atari, you just imagine them. They walked in the room just like bling bling, right? They, yeah. They, they, were, they were not strapped for cash at this point. Oh, poor Atari. <laughs> <laughs> then in 1982, they got Pac-Man money. They got Pitfall money. They got right. Space Invaders money. They're living life. Okay. But you know what happens when you get successful like that? I mean, yeah, everybody hates you, right? Yeah, the haters, the haters. Haters gonna hate. Mm. Mad because we got floor seats at the Lakers. That's that's exactly how it went down. Mad Ali, he told us uh, we're the greatest, right? Yeah. Now, I don't know if you've ever heard this story about uh, E.T., the E.T. cartridge. <laughs> yeah, game. I have. Okay, now a lot of people know the story, but I'm gonna throw in this is how bad the Pac-Man game was. Uh, no, Pac-Man game on 2600 was a poor port, and ET was rushed. So ET and Pac-Man are actually both buried in New Mexico. Not just ET. People like to tell oh. a story like it was ET. Yeah, I didn't know that. Seven hundred thousand cartridges taken to the landfill God. in New Mexico and buried because they expected to sell them and did not. Damn. Yeah. Uh, E.T. actually was not... When we say E.T. was a bad game, this is the idea of how Pac-Man could sell 7 million be bad. E.T. sold 1.5 million. Hmm. So, I guess I guess my question here is this. Is this and I think this, this story right here brings that to the forefront. Uh, at this point in time, people, they just made a whole bunch of games thinking, okay, we're going to sell... We're going to sell uh, a million units. So let's make a million units at least, or a million five uh, units. And so when they don't sell, you've got all these ex- this excess left over. You've already spent the money to build, right. uh, to develop, and to uh, to market. So now what do you do? So I wonder if that if the industry has changed any. In oh, you that mean respect. are there a bunch of like uh, No Man's Sky cartridges buried up? <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Like I, I wonder if if they if the industry learned from this and started. At this point, well, I mean, Nintendo all obviously had Nintendo always had fewer copies of their of their product, a few fewer. Yeah, we've always wondered about strategic shortages yeah. in Nintendo's world. Right, it seems to be the, more their style. I think it is a gameplay that they do. It's a gambit that they run that yeah. people will still want it in a month as much as they want it right now. Right, and it's better to not be in the red. You know. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I, w- I wonder if this if this mindset. Uh, filtered over to like the other companies because it seems like this would be an opportunity for them to say, Hey, look, okay, this almost something like this can destroy us if we do this too many times. If we have this mistake too many times, we can, we can walk ourselves right out of business. I, I think it does, 
I think it does, mm-hmm. but it's a good question. Uh, I'm sure listeners out there know yeah. more about that because like I'm I'm focused on the Atari stuff. Like that's where I'm plowing ahead yeah. because I know Atari. I don't know uh, the industry so well. Like at this particular point in time, uh, so maybe may, I, I don't know. Um, you know, we we're talking about the haters, right? Yeah. To get back on tracking, people hated Atari in the industry too. Uh, they were a company now and not a cutting edge video game think tick producer. Okay. Uh, several of their staff actually left, like some of their best developers. Obviously, this was because um, now we see it with the adventure. There's actually an Easter egg where you can find the made by Warren. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't you weren't allowed to take credit for a game because they didn't want developers to come and snatch their talent. So right. everything was made on kind of an anonymic anonymity basis. Gotcha. Uh, you just made a game, game did well, you got paid. Right. Sometimes they got paid well, sometimes they didn't. It's just, that's how it works. It's the game, yeah. It's um, market. But these guys got mad because they, they wanted credit for their work. Okay. And they left. And you know what company they made? No, what company? Activision. What an interesting <laughs> point that they made Activision. <laughs> well, I'm just, well, I mean, but it is because Activision is still yeah doing, uh, doing pretty well. Yeah, I'm just saying. Better than Atari. Uh, yeah, that's for sure. Uh, and they they would go get these cheaper staff. Like there would be cheaper staff, and they weren't paying also for the think tank and stuff, hmm. which meant that they could make cheaper games and clever, more punchy titles and things that wouldn't go through a corporate structure. Right. And they could go back to being a thing, too. What's wrong? No, I'm laughing because that's... Um, <laughs> I'm laughing because it just seems like when you you would look at this as a corporation and see that this is... You're, you're doing this to yourselves. Yeah. You would look at it and say, okay, why did they leave? And and I guess... I, I don't know. Maybe I'm getting... I'm going to jump off my soapbox here in a second. But when companies start losing talent and they're worried that the people leave... And you don't have something put in place to say, why are these folks leaving? Maybe exit interviews. Why are you leaving? I'm leaving because you're not paying me enough. And this guy over here said he's going to pay me three times what you're paying me. Okay, well, maybe we can't fix that problem. But when it's I'm leaving because I feel like I don't have the the development creativity or the, the autonomy that I wanted, or then, I mean, those are easy things to fix. It seems like it, but at the same time, I can understand the thinking from Warner mm-hmm. that Look, we had to come in and bail you out because you couldn't, you weren't generating enough money yeah. as it was. And obviously, look at this: all the success, Space Invaders. We licensed that. Pac Man. We got that. Yeah. Uh, we made Pitfall. We made Adventure. Mm-hmm. We're the ones selling ten thousand units, ten million you. units. You, you know, your little company. That idea didn't work. It's all great and pipe dreams. Bunch of hippies. You know, I could see that idea in their head for thinking, and they're like, "We're going to leave," and they'll be like, "Bye." We don't need you. Look, yeah. we are Atari. You are a dude. Not to be mean, but, you know, cogs are replaceable. I mean, that's true. And in a way, yeah, in a way it's true. But at the same time, you're right. I don't think that a corporate structure at this time understood creative talent at this time. Right. So they didn't realize that, like, you can't just go in there and tell the dude, hey, make me a pitfall. Right. Exactly. And they're going to go make their own games and be like, yeah, we got this. And also the problem was that they got complacent. Like Nintendo did when we talked about Sega hitting them. Yeah. They got complaints and they were like, we have the 2600. Mm-hmm. 2600 had a lifespan. Honestly, I think if I'm, if I'm recalling here, now I'm reading my notes, so I'm recalling, but I'm hoping because I don't remember where this came from exactly. Yeah. 
uh, of three years. That was the plan when Nolan Bushnell and Co. came up with the idea yeah. of the VCS. And they put 2600 together. It would have like a three-year shelf life. Okay. Now it's 1983. All right. That's not three years. No. So it had to be designed... It had to be designed in a way that there was a successor. Like you were talking about people having a succession plan. They needed that for the system. Sure. Now, a lot of it was they didn't have the technology. Again, mm. these are cutting-edge systems at the time. Like they're having to develop a lot of technology to work on them. Yeah. Uh, and they didn't really focus on making their own thing. Instead, they focused on ColecoVision and Intellivision from Mattel. Yeah. Uh, and they made the 5200. Oh, man. And the 5200 is, uh, I, 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 you know what? Um, the super system, right? <laughs> okay. That's, uh, now, have you ever had the pleasure of, I've had, this is actually the only Atari I've actually, uh, used, like, extensively. Yeah, okay. And when I say that, oh, uh, it's junk. <laughs> Okay. No, it's a piece of shit, bro. <laughs> like, I'm just real talk right here. Why is this, it so bad? This co- The controller yeah. doesn't center. What? Yes, it has no return to spring. Oh. Why it's 360 that? because you, you have total freedom of movement. Mm. And then you have the... There's, there's, they have a bunch of different controllers. Yeah. Shitty controllers. Uh, the, man, the key... Like, the whole thing is... Okay. So, Atari, Atari was also making computers at the time. Oh, this is what blows man. my mind. This is what blows my mind. Now, I did have to, I did have to Wikipedia this because I couldn't understand why the fifty two hundred and the like, the four hundred and eight hundred didn't work. Got the four hundred and eight hundred of their computing systems. Ah. Uh, so it blew my, it blew my mind here. Uh, they were using that the chipset that I was talking about from uh, MOS, right? Yeah. The fifty six zero two. Now, they're the 5602 chipset family, so they're not the same chip. They're not the same chip for some reason, so they're not compatible. So, you couldn't take games from one and play it on the other, so, even though it's in ROM form. So, this, this MOS chip, the 6502, yes. is, is supposed to be this revolutionary chip. But it didn't. It wasn't compatible back. Well, no, 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 no. You have like a, you know, it's like the when you have an i seven. Yeah. And you have like a sixty nine 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 oh nine nine x. Oh, gotcha. So they had a different. It was from the chipset family. It was from the chip family. Yeah. Bought it, and they had like a B or an A or one or one B or whatever the numbering convention is on these. I can't remember right now off the top of my. They had these, and they weren't compatible. And they were they were designing it at the time. I mean, remember this is design your own interface time. Right? Yeah. Just make your own OS time. And it wasn't compatible. And it wasn't compatible. And that just, I mean, and really the marketing strategy, I guess, was make sure they can pay double. Make sure they can buy both. <laughs> oh, man. They make the 5200. All right. And they just make it different enough from the computers that it can't be really a computer. It's supposed to be a standalone computer, but it can't really be a computer. Hmm. <laughs> and that the games aren't really playable across platforms. So. You just kind of screwed. Now, the nicest thing I will I will say about it, yeah, about the fifty two, about the super system here. The one I saw, well, I think Eric had it. Again, I'm gonna get mention that dude because he had all these systems. It was four player. You it know what? Four, I have played this system. It had four controllers. Four controllers. Now, I, now yeah. I think in the later versions, it actually didn't have four. Mm-hmm. 
because I've seen some and they have two, but I know we played four player on the thing. Yeah. So maybe there's a dongle adapter, but I know we played four. The other thing that's cool, uh, Eric's did this. Um, when you turn it on, the RF switcher in the back is mm-hmm. automatic. Oh. So you turn the system on and it would kick over. That's cool. Yeah. I don't know why we don't have that in more systems. Right. Because you got now, I like how we advanced from like not remotes to one remote. To a thousand remotes, to a universal remote, and now we're back to eighty remotes. Eighty remotes. <laughs> like the cable man comes in and he installs something in your house, and he's like, "Here's your remote." And you're like, "Cool, it's universal." That shit ain't never gonna work with your Blu-ray player. No, it's not. I, I swear <laughs> it's a, like I feel like I'm a, like you know the old jailer, yeah. like with all the keys on it. Like I feel like I need. One, I'm gonna start making those. I'm gonna start making remote rings. A remote? Oh man, where you got to carry oh. them around the house and you can't lose the remote. Cut. Come on, because you know you. How many times when you're looking for a remote, you find all the remotes but the one you were the looking for? The one I'm looking for, for. Yeah, exactly. Because the cable box has got one. But then, here's what I don't understand. It's a universal remote. Right. But it doesn't, I, I can't, it, all it does is turn the volume, change yeah. the channel, and, and power on, power off my TV. I can't look at any of the settings. I can't change any settings on my TV <laughs> with the universal remote. Right. And then my TV remote has a, has, you know, the VCR cable, whatever. It's not, doesn't work with the DVR. <sighs> So I can't DVR with my TV remote. I can't change my settings with VCR remote. And then I have to go hook up the Blu-ray player because I want to watch a movie. Damn. And now it's <laughs> and like, none of them, none of them work with it because it's 3D. <laughs> so I'm like, son of a bitch. Throw it out the window. Yeah, I got Can three remote. I got to have three remotes if I want to make sure the picture quality is good on my TV and run the internet. Scene. Don't feel like you're doing too much. I know. That's my complaint. Like I ha- I'm holding a computer in the palm of my hand. Why can't I have one remote? Shit. Technology is fucked up. <laughs> what have we come to? <laughs> wow. So it's uh it's kind of just a weird deal. The the fifty two hundred. It's a piece of shit, but it has four plates. <laughs> yeah. That's where um now that's impressive though. Four plates. Right. Well, you know, and Atari is still on top of the world at the time because Nintendo hasn't been like, hey, we made this NES <laughs> and uh it's gonna destroy you. <laughs> But you know what they say about being on the top, right? Um, the fall is pretty painful. What, what was <laughs> yeah, you know, the higher up you are, along the fall, yeah. uh, well, lonely at the top. Every everything about the top. Okay. Um, they did that in the future. Obviously, if you've ever seen a fifty two hundred or played a fifty two hundred, unfortunately, is bad. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, is bad for you. because again, not to get stung on the fifty two hundred. The damn fifty two hundred had like no titles. So that's a problem in itself. And it was like backwards compatible within years. It's like making an Xbox and then like it plays Xbox One games and these three other games. It's like, <laughs> wow, I should really invest my yeah. my monthly wages in that. In in this new system that has three games. Oh, but I'm glad it's backwards compatible. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we're, we're in nineteen eighty three, as I mentioned, when this happened. I'm in now, the first grade. Uh Working really hard to get Mario past the first level of anyway. In 1983? No. Yeah, because you're not born yet. But also true. Uh, 1983 is the video game market crash. Also known as Atari Shock. <laughs> um, so, you know, seriously, go go Google that Atari Shock and you will get you will get the, the video game industry crash of 1983. Damn. Uh, yeah, it, it was... It was so it was what, bad. what did it crash for? Like what? What caused the crash? Well, 
The whole industry at the time, after Bush, no, I'm going to say. Now, they did do some good things because they had good developers. They had good programmers. Yeah. Nothing to take away. But the leadership is what, is what really caused it. So that's why I'm going to mention Bush, no. No, okay. Bush, no. Uh, left. And there was not very much push for inventiveness. Yeah. And newness. And just a general malaise fell over Atari, who was leading the industry at the time. Okay. Um, and they were making clones in a lot of, uh, yeah, Me Too systems. So if they have these Me Too's and the clones, and since there's no real leader now, because Atari's kind of corporately good, yeah. but video gamely not. So why? Well, I mean, well, the video games are good, but like they're still building yeah. for the 2600, hmm. double its lifespan later. Gotcha. So the, the whole industry just kind of does the Chinese fire drill. All right. And goes, whoa, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. And no one has any clear path of what video games are supposed to be. Uh, most people in serious business are starting to view it as a trend or a fad. Yeah. And it's ending now. Uh, hopefully, like, fidget spinners will in the next six months. I uh, like those things. pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> they make no goddamn sense. Let's get a pencil, man. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, that's what that's what happens. They start doing that. And the, the the industry kind of collapses on itself, really, because okay. they start expecting uh, each other to lead or each other to have input or to do something, and they don't. And then they, there is a corporate side to it, too, which is the price wars. Uh -huh. uh, everyone's releasing systems. There's a lot of Me Too's, so they're doing things. They can play games. They can play this. They come with games. They come yeah. with controllers. They come with uh, – so they get a price war. And so you're looking at Atari, and then you're looking at – television and then you're looking at Coleco and then uh, they're start they're starting and then Nintendo drops and you got that and so market saturation is part of, part of this too part of it but it's bad saturation it's just yeah. oversaturation uh, completely and then you got the price war and then the PCs come out and then you have a PC price war yeah. because PCs at this time are incredible this is when they really get in the house because they have a price war PCs have a price war right so PC pricing comes down to make it so but at that time then you also have things like a Commodore Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, whose price would drop so low that you can get them cheaper than this now. Mm -hmm. and it can play games. And it's also a computer. <laughs> and another What's thing is that? people don't know what these things are. Yeah. They don't know what uh, what the PC is supposed to be. And they hear that it's the future and it can do all this stuff. And obviously it is. Yeah. I mean, um, I'm a PC gamer. But I, I game everything. But I'm a PC gamer now. Yeah. Uh, it's just kind of weird that they all fall into this. So there's just – it's a whole – the price wars – the console wars, yeah. uh, the PC wars, the cartridge wars, because uh, you got people making different cartridges, developing different cartridges, uh, different storage, different media. It just it it kind of does it. And then the games are getting saturated because you have places like um, Activision, oh. but you also have other indie developers coming in. So you got to remember now you got twenty thousand systems, prices are dropping all over. Computers come in, start doing the same thing, can do the same thing. Yeah. Now you got different media coming in doing the same thing, and then all of a sudden developers get in and go, "Wait a minute, I'm making a bunch of games. Some of them are shit. Guess which one's which." So now you have to literally play needle and haystack every time you buy something. That's crazy. And no one's taking a clear lead. It's not like when you you know now you can go to uh, the big lots or whatever some outlet retailer, uh -huh. and you can see like still twenty different consoles, and you're like, "What is the MiU system?" The Wii U system. No, but like that's what they have. Instead of like the Wii U, like yeah. if you've been in like Walgreens, 
right? Going to Walgreens, CVS, or whatever. They'll have some system. Yeah. That you don't know. It'll be like the Christian virtuality system. And it's like, no, no, no. But I'm, no, I'm saying they have these things, right? And it's literally a video game system. Yeah. Just based on the Bible. Nothing wrong with that. But they still, these systems still exist. Yeah. And then somebody else makes a system that's just, you know, all games from the 70s. And so I guess I didn't take that. I, I didn't even think about that being part of, um, Part of the issue or the, what caused the crash. I, mean, I guess I didn't. I didn't correlate that. Yeah, that because what sense. I'm saying is, you have these systems, right? These, even these little systems. Uh-huh. But you know for a fact now, market leaders: yeah. Sony, Microsoft, mm-hmm. Nintendo. Nintendo. Yeah. You can buy these, and then PCs or whatever. But you know, when you're buying the console, these three will not let you. No matter what you buy, you will have quality games to find. You can sure. find it. You have a community, mm-hmm. and they're going to be supported. Right. That's, now imagine all of that being gone. That would change the game. That would change the game. And now you don't know if an Xbox is just as good as the Christian virtuality system. Right. That's what the market turned into because Atari got up its own ass and then that's why yeah. it's called Atari Shock. It's like people are just worn out. They're like, look, it's too much. Yeah. We have all these games. We need some way of knowing what's crap and what's not. We have all these developers. We need to know who's crap and who's not. Is this better than a computer? Why am I paying $20 more for this? And no one really has an answer. They're just trying to sell you stuff. Right. So that's the answer. Uh, the solution is uh, the Nintendo Entertainment System. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, it is. Um, rest in peace, Atari. Right. Uh, well, you say that, but in 84, yeah. Atari Corporation was created when Warner sold the computer uh, gaming console, the uh, computer portion of the company to uh, Jack Tremell. Okay. Uh, who's the guy who founded uh, Commodore? Oh, me. And Namco would buy uh, the arcade chunk of uh, Atari. So, strangely enough. Companies are still in business, though. Namco. Namco is. Well, I'm saying Namco bought uh, bought Atari hmm. in 85. Interesting. So, you've never actually played an Atari game. No. Actually. Legit, you, you played Namco games. Namco game. games. <laughs> uh, but that was, that was the end of Atari Inc., all right. But not Atari Corporation. That's right. Um, so Atari would go on to make the ST, the EX, uh, the 7800, the Lynx, and, of course, the Jaguar. So I'm familiar um, with the XE, you know, yeah. slightly. But So the, the, those those are all owned by Hasbro now, that portion. Got you. Hasbro owns it. So that's why you can get the, the games. So was the Lynx a, a handheld system? Yes. Okay. It was uh, similar to uh, Game Gear. Was it good? You can hold it upside down. It's all right. Uh, I mean, it, uh, we'll, we'll, we can talk about those because you said you know about the XE, right? Yeah. All right. Well, I, I know a little bit about the ST. The ST is a computer. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's cool because they had a color uh, screen. Right. Well, one, some of them could have color. I know there was black and white because I, I never really had one. I had a, I had a Tandy at the yeah. time because Tandy Computers was, was a big name. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but I we went to the store, you know, you look at all of them. Yeah, actually it was a computer too, was it not? Yeah. That's what it's And about. Amiga and all these places, mm-hmm. you know, you could buy all these. Uh, and it had, it had a really cool uh, user interface. It had a real user interface, which yeah. at the time was is something, good. yeah, something crazy that was going on. And it had a meg of RAM. That was why I tried to convince my parents to buy it. Hmm. Um, a meg of RAM. Had a meg, it was the first computer with a meg of RAM. Yeah. That's why I wanted it. We went to the store to buy a new computer. Uh I've never, I've never uh, owned one, hmm. but I one I would pick up. I guess if I saw one, yeah. 
I've ran across their mice and they're the very old school, uh, you know, like 60 degree in the back, short yeah. tail, mm-hmm. mouse one. But uh, what's cool is they have the Atari logo in them, though. That is kind of cool. So I, I, I would. Um, and they remind me of the one from when I had an Apple IIe. And they remind me of the mouse from the Apple IIe. Hmm. That's it. Now, you said that the XE. What did you experience with the XE? Uh, I think uh, for what I recall of the XE, we didn't own one either. But um, what I recall from the XE is it had, it also had the uh, the color screens or the color display, and uh, which I thought was kind of revolutionary. No, at this time, yeah, at the time we're talking yeah. like eight to sixteen colors, probably. Yeah, if even that. I'm I'm thinking. I'm like, I, it might have been more. Yeah, uh, but it, we weren't nearly. I don't think like on the eight bit, no, sixteen bit level. Not, not even close. Not not like you would. Well, I mean, we we were, but not in the way you would think of in like a Nintendo with all the colors running and making patterns. Right. Like you would have a green outline and a red outline. Your cursor would be white and the screen would be black. And yeah. you're like boom, black and white. We nailed two of the colors. We exactly. brought in green, which we've been using since the seventies. So now we're doing great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but that was that, literally it. But that was the extent of my. And then you put a magnet next to the screen to make like fourteen other. Guys. <laughs> uh, you just ruined technology. <laughs> Did you ever do that on accident? Though, I, yeah, to put like a magnet next to it, and you're like, oh, fuck the screen. Then you try yeah. to fix it. You just made it worse. <laughs> made it worse. Yeah. Oh man! Oh, the good old days before technology was technology. Now it's just when people poke your screen thing, it's touch screen. You're like, yeah. that's not coming out. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh man, you you broke yeah. some uh, pixels. Uh, but I never, I never, I never had a XE or mm. experience with an XE. I don't think. Um, I don't think I've actually ever played a seventy eight hundred. Uh, neither have I. They sold like a hundred thousand. Damn. Uh, terrible. Uh, it's that's the least of any major release I can think of by like a mainline manufacturer, like a top one, two company, three company. So that's disturbing. But I mean, I guess, I guess you know. Uh, and, and my dad, my dad told me that they were shit. He said that I think when I was asking about some of the stuff, he said that it played twenty six hundred games. Yeah, that was pretty much. So stick with the twenty six hundred. Yeah. Uh, I thought I remember seeing Galaga on there. Okay. But. Uh, I'm pretty sure that would be it because Galaga isn't a 2600 cartridge game. Mm-hmm. I know that because I, I looked up for a lot of uh, – it's on Nintendo. Like yeah. You can get uh, – I whenever I go look uh, – Galaxian is though because you know they're part of that same family. There's like right. six games in there. Um, yeah. So, I don't know. Um, but what's funny is uh, I think at the time Atari was number three still in manufacturing. Well, actually it was number two until the Genesis. Hmm. And the Genesis came in and shut that shit down. Well, the Genesis did the same thing that Nintendo did to Atari. Yeah. They caught them on their like they oh, made slipping. yeah they made the twenty six hundred and they were like we don't need another look at what we've made this is our empire yeah. and then Nintendo was like hi guys <laughs> <laughs> and then the seventy they were like well, we were gonna revolutionize and and then Sonic just rolled his ass and it was like Sega <laughs> combo breaker. <laughs> And Nintendo got caught in the same position because they were like, but we just made a console 10 years ago. <laughs> so bad. Uh, oh, man. So that, that that was pretty much it. Genesis won out on uh, B poor Atari down to third place. Damn. And it's not like third place now with like the Nintendo. No. no. Um, and then the Lynx. Yeah. Uh, the Lynx is all right. Like I said, I, I, won't, I won't complain about it. I like the Game Gear. I like the Lynx. Uh, yeah. Something... So, I never played the Lynx, but... You know, uh, here's my thing. I, I love a Game Boy. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. 
Game Boy is highly overrated. Uh, and it's just the sound on the Lynx is actually I, I think it actually has a lesser like less channel oh. and less bit quality but uh, I like the sound on the Lynx I know that from playing with them yeah. uh, the screen is not bad do you have a Lynx? I don't have a oh. Lynx but I've had one in the past uh, yeah, not bad the Game Gear the thing on it is it's it's Nintendo they did simplicity and they did it well the Game Gear? I'm sorry Game Boy okay but That's I think it's still overrated like they're still superior systems. The only reason you know why you know why the Game Boy is better remembered, because uh, it's Nintendo. Battery life. Mm. That's simply it. Because mm. you were talking these games, you're talking anywhere from four to maybe maybe three to six or eight hours on the links and the, the Game Gear on battery. So that that's it. it's just a cool thing. It actually, could flip. You could play it uh, upside down. Oh, that's neat. Because the buttons were laid out in such a way that you flipped it. Mm. Still work. Yep. Uh, and then in 1993, and it doesn't seem like it. I actually thought that this was an older release, and I own one. The Jaguar. Oh, is that any good? Jaguar. Uh, you know. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it's a Jaguar. Have you ever seen a Jaguar? I have. Uh, there's a Jaguar over here. It's a little big, bulky, yeah, mad button mashing machine. Yeah. And apparently the games are really horrible for it, I hear. But here's the thing. I own Doom and Alien vs. Predator, which are apparently like the best games for it. So yeah. I have no idea that they're worse games. <laughs> I was like, no, I don't know why everyone's complaining. I will, I will make one complaint. I'm leaning over here. Sorry if I said oh, that. Is it the controller and how terrible that looks? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it looks horrible. But here, go ahead and put it in your hands. Okay. It feels all right. Actually, it feels really good. It kind of feels like some of the modern stuff we have right now. It does. Uh, oh. it, it definitely has that deal. Here's the downside. Why does it have a telephone pad here? Oh, you you said you played in Atari, sir. I thought you, you. Oh, you had the joystick one. Yeah. Oh well, allow me to educate you. You'll see there's little holes here in the side. Yeah. You would get games, mm -hmm. and they would come with little overlays. Oh, okay, yeah. And you would overlay them over this. In some cases, it would just tell you what number, like you. Yeah. And you would overlay it, and when you're playing a game. You'd have to push. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. The button to to activate a different deal, yeah. and it wasn't cool stuff like solving combination lock, like puzzle games. No, it was it was like if you want to check inventory, press this. If you want to bring up your map, press this. If you yeah. want to, you know. So it was kind of cool. It was hotkeys in a way, but not all games took good advantage of this. Yeah, no. Um, and that's something that Atari always had. ColecoVision had it, and Television had it. Yeah. There would be a number pad at the bottom. With the big phone numbers like you're actually seeing, mm -hmm. and you would put a you would have a, a piece that you put over it, and it would do it. You have to That's print actually pretty cool button. though. Uh, I do not like this controller. I mean, the controller is, is big and bulky. The D pad is pretty horrible. Yeah, uh, that's kind of that's nice. you can use it, and it's great in games like Doom uh -huh. and stuff where you're just moving. There's no real up, and you lose like your third axis. Mm. Uh, which at the time, you know, you don't need, you but need, yeah. But you do lose it on some games where it'd be nice to have, yeah. And then I, mean, I like I like the controller overall. I mean, it uh, is a the little button, bulky. the buttons are the buttons are fine. They have good response even today. It's just a weird controller. Yeah. And at the time, it was super weird because I mean, you have to remember, you were going up against the NES, right. Genesis. And the Super NES. And the Sega at this point. Too. Well, that's what I'm saying. The Genesis. Yeah. Oh, and then they, they are, they're all superior controllers to this. Uh, uh, yeah. It's not a horrible 
horrible controller. It's just an awkward controller compared to you're used to holding something in the middle Mm -hmm. that fits your hand properly, and here you're having to reach up. Yeah. And you do do a lot of shifting to play this properly. And then but then the button mashing. Yeah, and there's no pad. Yeah, and there's no like even though you're holding it back here for some reason they didn't add bumpers or triggers yeah. even though Nintendo had already done that. And they had these extra buttons. So it's just a weird I don't like it. Uh, I know a lot of people do. I don't. That's I'm sorry. We got side. Um another another reason why you get a lot of hate on the Jaguars is 64 bit. Is it is it though? I mean, is it really? Here's how it's 64. Uh, you want to know how it's 64 bit? Yeah, how? Tom and Jerry. Okay. No, it had two 32 bits. Ah, uh, okay. And one handled like uh, audio and onboard, I think. And the other one handled like graphics and other stuff. Oh. Uh, like the game processing. Yeah. So they they, they so that's absolutely they dual old. yeah they dual rigged it and then called it uh, sixty four bit. bit. So it's terrible. I remember, yeah, there was quite a con- controversy in like uh, EGW and stuff mm-hmm. about uh, if you do the math that way, you get all kinds of funky numbers for all kinds of it. Yeah. And even recently, I saw something that was like a, a PlayStation Four would be like a thousand and twenty bit system <laughs> if you right. did it that way. Uh, yeah. You know, it's just, and maybe it is 64-bit in some weird math way. It's not 64 It's not 64 It's 32-bit. It's a high 30. It's a double 32. I'll give it that. Uh, yeah. Uh, which is better than single 32, but it's not 64. Yeah. Uh, and you can tell because when you see stuff on the screen. It's not 64 It's not 64-bit. It's not bad. I mean, because a lot yeah. of it's playing games like Doom that are, at least in my experience. Hmm. So, it's not bad, but it's definitely not 64-bit. You can tell no. the difference. Uh, it's a it's a quirky machine too. Like you, the operation is not. It's it feels like you felt that controller feels a little yeah. thin. All of it feels like the, the plastic's a little bit thinner than what you probably should have used. Mm. I mean, it's not quite the quality of my Chinese Nintendo down there, which is. Uh, well, that's neat. Here you can feel the. I'm sorry, I'm making you can feel the great quality of this here. Touch it. It's okay. I know it looks good. You see, this is very thin plastic. It's actually pretty damn cool. Yeah, it's cool. But uh, it, and you just feel how thin like, the material is. Yeah. It flexes easily. Uh, the Atari doesn't quite do that. Yeah. But it's right there about <laughs> to. Like, that, Man. It doesn't flex, but it feels like they, that's the level they had. Like they had a guy with a very strong poke, and they were just like, how much? Tell us when, Bill. He's like, now. And they were like, good. That's how much money we want to spend on this. <laughs> Um, it uses cartridges, even though CDs were getting popular, just like Nintendo did. I which like I, Which you like cartridges. I, I love cartridges, so I can't... Uh, but it actually has a CD drive. There's actually yeah. a Jaguar CD that you can use. Um, so, question. <laughs> were the games... Did they have the capability to do one or the other? Like, developers? Did they make some CD games? For yeah, them? there's CD games. Okay. There's CD games. I'm just saying, it has CD drive if you want to do it. I don't know of anyone that really... I mean, it uses like CD... I know music was a thing, I think, that it did. Hmm. I've never had one. I've never actually seen one uh, outside of like the traveling museum shows. Like, that's Uh. it. And it's got no real RAM or color depth. um, Oh. Even though it's 64. (laughs) Uh, It it does have good sound, though. And I think that's because it has the second processor, which handles pretty much just it's just the sound, right? It's 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 there's two hundred two hundred fifty thousand of them that were sold. That's awful. 
it's it's crap. And uh, it had yeah. pretty much no titles. Yeah, those titles. Uh, I think that's actually those two games. I might have three. No. Are um, about twelve uh, percent of the catalog. <laughs> no, not really. But <laughs> there's not very many. Uh, there's not many very many games at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, made for you can find them and there's some homebrews people homebrew stuff all the time yes. it could go online I didn't know I, well, never... I imagine it would with the fucking telephone pad <laughs> you can dial it up yeah, you dial it the matrix <laughs> plug me in oh my god um, so, so we can have a few uh, fun facts now because right. I don't think any of us really want to reminisce about Atari nope alright in 1972 Star Trek the game was actually a clone of that first game Computer Space oh and it had been based on Space Wars. But Space Wars was actually like a, a mainframe game. And you play disguised as a dude playing another dude. <laughs> That's right. Um, oh, I love this. So Pong, when Al had to build Pong. Yeah. He, they, they, him and uh, Dabney, because like I said, uh, Bushnell wasn't really the engineering type. I mean, he could, right. but he wasn't. They actually he went to sells. Walgreens and they bought a $75 Hitachi TV. And then they soldered the stuff into it. That's I've heard that story a few times. Ferocity, apocryphal. I don't know. It sounds legit for the seventies. If you've ever seen an Apple One computer, yeah, made out of wood, <laughs> uh, not completely. Obviously, Steve Wozniak's not that kind of a wizard. He can't just uh, build a computer completely. Well, I'm not going to say he can't because he might. Uh, he might I mean, do it. I he he, he it appears in weird places, so he might actually listen to the show and be like, "I can't." <laughs> Get the chainsaw down. <laughs> Look like, here, guys. Watch me do it. Yeah. Good uh, the code name for the 60... Or not the 60. Because there's no 60s. No, there, there are no 60s. For the 2600 was also Stella. Also 64 bits. Yeah. Stella, you said? Stella. Okay. I mean, that's cool. I guess um, it fits the thing. Well, there were. it's funny. A lot of the systems were named after women. Mm-hmm. And I think Stella? One of them. There's All three of the systems were codenamed after... Was named after like the hot girl in the office. Oh, <laughs> that's uh, cool. And it was the the twenty six hundred was one hundred ninety nine dollars when it came out. Yeah, exchange rate or rather um, inflation would make that nuts, right? Eight hundred bucks. Golly! So never complain about PlayStation again. Oh man, uh, you know space <laughs> space invaders uh-huh. uh, probably would have let you buy a few though. Space Invaders did so well in cabinets when it launched. It grossed seven point three four billion dollars. Damn! In four years in arcades alone. Golly! Space Invaders just like crazy. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, uh, Mario Brothers. This is funny. Mario Brothers is the seventh best-selling Atari title. Well, how does that work? Because they released a version of Mario Brothers. For oh, that's right. Because they were working together with Nintendo at that point. In yeah, time. actually, there was a point. We'll we'll talk about that. This is uh, oh. but here's it's Mario Brothers. Yeah, not Super Mario Brothers. Because Mario Brothers, the game, this mini game in there that people don't know about, where you fight each other. That's uh, ah, yeah. Gotcha. So it's it's the green and white outline one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, funny enough, though, that you mentioned it, right? Uh, Atari yeah. was going to do a deal with Nintendo. They were actually gonna they were gonna market the NES here. They were gonna get rights to the NES in America, yeah, and be able to sell it as an Atari system. So the Famicom would have existed other places, and the Atari NES entertainment yeah. system would have existed here, and Atari would still be making bank uh, under their own name and everything. But then we had the the deal we talked about with Donkey Kong. Yeah. They had a uh, consumer electronics. 
83. Yeah. Where Coleco was showing Donkey Kong and the deal fell through because they had, they had the rights to it on like one of them had the rights to cabinets, one had the rights to computer, one had the ROM. So they they were showing it different yeah. ways. Well, 83 is that time period where like everything starts to get funky. Hmm. In there, you can show it on computer, but you can also show it on. You know. So they were like, "You violated. You're violating the deal." And they're like, "No, you're violating. They're violating." Oh. They said, "No, you allowed us to do it." So it falls through, and Atari doesn't get Nintendo. Well, I know, right? Sucks to be Atari. Uh, no, Kazer is the guy that Warner put in that was the CEO of Atari at the time, and oh. he's the dude that fucked up the NES deal oh, nice. by getting mad. He actually got fined eighty two hundred dollars by the SEC. For insider training when it when Atari's oh, stock crashed dude. in eighty three. Like eighty three was a bad oh, year for him. Man. He went to consumer electronics and messed that up. Was yeah. like, we don't need your fucking Nintendo. <laughs> right. We're an Atari. And then he was like he's like, by the way, sell all my Atari's <laughs> and he got fined. Oh damn. Uh, for insider trading. So him Martin Stewart have something to come. That's that's fucking um, now uh Taito didn't make Space Invaders. Yeah. Uh, Japan was on the ball at this point. Uh, and it was the biggest game in Japan. Like, yeah. There's no doubt. And what's funny is we talked, I talked about Space Invaders. You were saying, oh, it must have been a huge deal. It was. Like, yeah. um, a lot of people say Star Wars directors and stuff, actors, everyone. Star Wars made my, made my life, made me want Uh, here's two people who saw, had no interest in video games at the time, according to themselves. Yeah. Didn't care about video games. Play Space Invaders, and I'm like, oh shit, video games. I'm gonna do that. Who were they? Miyamoto mm-hmm. and Kojima. Oh, okay, yeah, wow. <laughs> so only the dudes, <laughs> like the big dudes, credited with um, what Final Fantasy and and what well, no, no, excuse me, Mario, Mario right? Ma- Mario, Mario, Metal, and, and Metal, Metal Gear, Metal Gear, right? Uh, Hideo Kojima and uh, Shigeru uh, Miyamoto, right? Those yeah. are the two. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> like this dude that's the dude that made Donkey Kong. Together. <laughs> that's the dude that made Mario Brothers. That's the dude that made like it's like oh like since so they, they they've been iconic characters in the in the industry and they said they were influenced by Not influenced, like Miyamoto's plain outside, he was like video games seemed like a thing and then I saw Space Invaders and was like hmm, I'm gonna go check that out and then yeah. he's like comes back and like Mario for everybody. <laughs> You get a Mario. You get a Mario. Everyone gets a Mario. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's funny. Is Japan didn't crash. Now that I tell you this, basically, yeah. Japan never crashed. Uh, they didn't have a video game crash. And part of that's the culture, I think. But part of that was also, <laughs> this is according to the industry. The industry, uh, video game industry in America went to Congress, went to Washington, mm-hmm. and was like, hey, guys. We need you to make a dollar coin. At the time, dollar coins were, like, huge. Yeah. And they said, we need you to make small dollar coins like we have now, secondary we dollars. They were like, we need you to make small ones because inflation is killing us. Yeah. Because we can't make the, we made the game cost two quarters. People were like, why is it doubling? Yeah. We need you to put one coin in the machine and be okay with it. So, they never did this. Uh, 25 cents was killing it. Well, in Japan, they actually had, like, what, uh, a dollar. I'm not good at inflation rates, so I don't know. Let's say let's say the the two hundred yen, a hundred yen, okay, and you would put it in there, and it would play the game. Huh. So it was about a dollar. So yeah. they had approximately a dollar. But we coin, were sticking while, while we were sticking with a quarter. Damn. 
And they never tanked. So maybe maybe the industry wasn't just trying to milk this. Maybe they were right. They would the video game industry would have been stabilized if we'd had second two Wii dollars well, back then <laughs> in, in, in 1982. Huh. Uh, but that, that's it. That's all I know about Atari. That's fun that I want to talk about right now. I could go on yeah. with other stuff. Nolan Bushnell himself is a guy that I greatly admire that I could talk about. Um, I tried to not. I mean, obviously, I'm biased here that I said that I thought that the fall of Atari and thus. Atari Crash from the Atari Shock that yeah. destroyed video is because they kicked out Nolan Bushnell. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, yeah. Ted Dabney, you know, he's another important dude. He gets written out a lot uh, because just yeah. like Wozniak and uh, who's the third guy from uh, Microsoft? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right. So that's a that's that's what they do. There's a third guy in all of these. Third guy for Atari was Al Alcorn. Uh, he doesn't get written out much because he made fucking Pong and a bunch of other games. Yeah. And then if you go look at the talent that was at Atari, they've made some of the greatest games of all time and gone on to found some of the greatest companies of all time. So it's yeah. just Atari still has an influence. I don't. It's just them in gaming because that's the part we're focusing on. Yeah. It falls apart, and it's sad to say. Now I'm not. I mean, am I mad true, they went to Hasbro? No. Mm. I'm a big Transformers, big G.I. Joe fan, so I can't. Um, yeah, man, but uh, the, here's my thing. I, I want companies to stay individual if, as long as they can, especially in this console war type situation. Uh, we'll never see a console from Atari again. I don't I don't think it'll ever happen. Um, no, I, they make those flashback systems, and that's what they're yeah, going to do, because it. that's what people like. From right, and, and that's then, what they can control. And I know they make like third party license games for other carriers or other uh, other carriers. Other other companies like uh, they they have released stuff for Nintendo. Systems. But technically, I guess that's still Namco. Yeah, you know what? That's true. So, or is it Namco? I guess it's Hasbro. I don't know. It's one of them. Okay. So, Atari Inc. or Atari Corp. or the Atari Corp. There's so many point? of them. Yeah, man. Uh, Here's the thing: get get slim <laughs> and have one company. I mean, I don't understand. And that that, that happens. Forty iterations of a company. And. It sucks. So if you want to go on uh, online and find out more about Atari, you can. But be warned, you're probably going to have to find things about four or five Ataris because it's right. not just one. Also, strong. look up Nolan Bushnell. I'm going to go ahead and push it. But screw it. These are I fun mean, episodes. He's just an interesting dude. Yeah, and he's he's one of the great minds of our time. Like that. I agree. I mean, video games. I mean, so if we're going to do that, I also want to go back to uh, Sega and say, look up Tom Kalinske. Oh, Tom yeah. Kalinsky uh, was instrumental in Sega uh, America, and I think he did a lot of the same things. Was he the decider? Uh, <laughs> no, that's from that's from the Nintendo episode. I remember the one dude that they got to decide if titles were coming here that was like oh, Mario yeah. Two yeah, doesn't no, work. No. Uh, Let's do this. Let's make it Doki Doki Panic. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, even if you like Chuck E. Cheese. Mm-hmm. You should look him up because he's one of the founders of Chuck E. Cheese. Isn't him another dude? Awesome. He he. They started making like the first cabinets. Like he literally was like, "This is what cabinets are going to be," and they were really like groovy looking mm. uh, cabinets. Nice. But yeah, check him out. Uh, I don't have anything else to say except for thanks for listening. And, and same here. Uh-huh. Uh, sorry, we didn't have a guest this episode, but you know, I mean, it's okay. We we wanted. We, I kind of wanted to do Atari on my own, so I didn't really. Pushed you hard and other people. I just didn't watch because I I like I like Atari. I like Melvin Bushnell. It's yeah. an interesting story. It's a it's one of those great tragedies. Yeah, I really think it is because I mean, there's so much you can go on. This show could be three four times as long. 
I, I agree. I mean, there's. it's been... I'd like to say thank you for bringing this to us. Um, Atari, I'm not... I, I haven't, I'm not well-versed in Atari, other than the few iterations that I, of the systems that I've played. Uh, games on, rather. But I, have, I definitely have to say thanks for bringing this up. It's a great addition to our, our video game history uh, segment. Yeah, well... I guess it's time for us to get out of here then. Indeed. Uh, this has been the Not Historians. I'm, and we're I'm done. Desmond. <laughs> I'm Desmond. No. No. Uh, this is Shalom. Uh, I'm, I'm gone. I left. I, oh, I told you. I'll that's right. Desmond left. See uh, you guys next time. <laughs>